Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And today I have a question and I have an article, both of which you, you can feel free to look into, look up, or simply contemplate my first question. First, my question. Let's phrase it that way was to Kevin Goldstein. Kevin Goldstein is a, he's like in DeKalb. So he and I could accidentally be at the same place at some point accidentally without even knowing it. Um, he, he knows baseball and baseball prospects very well. And I think he has a history in the front office, baseball front office business. I'm not sure which teams. I'm not sure how long, not sure how long ago. But now he's with Fangraphs, which is fantastic because I love Fangraphs. They tell you, uh, they show you their homework. I love when people show their homework. Here, here's what we're doing. This explains it. If you got a little bit of time, here, read it up. Here's here's our listings and go for it. Uh, They explain it. They, They tell you everything you need to know. And today, Kevin Goldstein opened up in regards to a um, draft slash prospect questionnaire. Questionnaire. And when Kevin Goldstein opens it up, he gets plenty of questions. And some will be Cub related. Some will be draft related. Some will be Cubs draft related. Some will be prospect related. Some will be Cubs prospect related. The first one on his board was about DJ Hers. Anytime there's any information on DJ Hers, that's worth listening to, reading, whichever, for a Cubs fan. And the person talking about Hers was kind of poo pooing Hers a bit as far as treating him like he'll probably be a relief pitcher. May or may not be accurate. Goldstein didn't take the bait. He said something to the extent of, he's doing perfectly fine at an age-appropriate level. Don't kick him to the bullpen until it's absolutely necessary. Keep rolling, uh, which was fine. My my question came up about fifth or sixth, so I didn't have to read too far down the line. I retweeted it on uh, Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter, if you don't, re- if you're not following me on Twitter and you're listening to the podcast, um, I appreciate it. But the information is easiest, is most easily disseminated on Twitter. Yes, there I said it. I got disseminated into the podcast. Yes, I did it uh, without it even being naughty. Um, But yeah, the Kevin Goldstein Q&A. My question was, in regards to current, I'm going to use the term tanking, is it even remotely likely that Major League Baseball will change anything at all in the near future since owners really don't mind when they send out a lineup like the Cubs have been sending out. They don't don't really care when another team does it. There's really no offense taken. Uh, Is there any realistic reason to think that... um, the draft order will be adjusted in any way, shape, or form due to tanking in baseball. I, I said it shorter on the question. 
And uh, Kevin Goldstein's answer was effectively hard to tell, really, because the draft is the last thing they'll talk about. The draft is the last thing they'll talk about. Nobody really cares about the draft, except the executives who know that they keep or lose their job based on how well they draft. So um, a lot of people this month, next month, will be talking about how this change ought to be made in the draft and that change ought to be made in the draft and this other change ought to be made in the draft. And it ought to be the team with the best record in the league that doesn't make the playoffs that drafts first or this or that. Owners don't care. Owners don't care. The executives don't care. So since they don't care, they're not losing or making any money on the draft order. Because it is. At least that's Kevin Goldstein's idea that probably that will be about the last thing talked about. And it probably won't take very long. So the article was on Lead Cubby Blue. I've actually gotten some positives off of it so far, which sometimes uh, I, I say don't read the comments because uh, people who don't like... I don't mind somebody not liking my writing. There's plenty of people who don't like my writing and have perfect justification in it. Um, what I don't like is when people... Um, misconstrue what I'm saying, take what I'm saying out of context, um, are deliberately dismissive toward the topic in the questions and answers session beneath. But no, so far it's been pretty good. Uh, my, my question was, of the Cubs draft, uh, uh, of the Cubs draft Wow, let's try this again. I've got draft on the mind. Of the Cubs trades in July, which is your favorite trade and why? I did include I did not include all in the poll. I included the Kimbrel trade, the Bryant trade, the Rizzo trade, the Baez trade. I might have included one of the others, but I wasn't going to include all eight of them. Uh, my article talks about the three that I prefer the most of the July trades. One of them for me was getting a live human being back in return for Jake Marisnik. Jake Marisnik was acquired specifically to be dealt if the Cubs weren't contending. The Cubs were not contending, and about 20 minutes before the trade deadline, Jake Marisnik was dealt. Great, fantastic. Fantastabula, that's my new term. Um, that they got Anderson Espinosa, who was a highly touted prospect back in 2016, 2017, before injuries stopped him from being able to pitch. Um, even better, even better. Will he end up doing anything? I don't know. I said if the over under I said in the article if the over under on Anderson Espinosa is one sixth of an inning pitched, I'd still take the under. I'd still take the under by love the trade because the Cubs traded a guy who frankly he was if it was a case of Jake Marisnik was around and Michael Hermosillo was around. They're both about the same guy. 
Michael Hermosillo has team control on into the future. I would rather see Michael Hermosillo getting at bats than Jake Marisnik. So I'm glad the trade was made because by trading Jake Marisnik, the Cubs created another roster spot, another uh, opportunity for a developing player to get a look. And who knows, maybe Michael Hermosillo will belong on the 40-man roster. I don't know. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. Second trade I included was... The, the 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 one trade I included was the Jake Marisnik trade. A second that I included was the Jack Peterson trade. I'm going to use the term Jack Peterson contract quite a lot between now and when the Cubs are good again. The term Jack Peterson contract is not dismissive toward the player. It's not dismissive toward Jack Peterson. It's not dismissive toward any contract the player may get. The entire idea with a Jack Peterson contract is give a player who was not receiving from other teams what he thought he deserved. Just not receiving what he thought he deserved. Give him enough to sign with the Cubs. Possibly a one-year deal. Possibly a two-year deal. Non-elite player who thinks that if I am given a shot, I can show you all that I deserve it. I am worthy of a proper contract. Give me a proper contract. Let me play. Let me show you that I belong. Jack Peterson was given a Jack Peterson contract, came in, and guess what? He convinced the Atlanta Braves that he was worth keeping around. The Cubs... Started the entire, uh, what is it, domino fall? That's basically what what it turned into. Traded Jack Peterson to the Braves for Bryce Ball. Bryce Ball, I kind of dig. I kind of dig. He has a better command of the strike zone than the umpires do. There have been plenty of times where he's either been called uh, called for swinging on a check swing that wasn't a check swing, or that, that, was, that wasn't a full, you know, should not have been called a strike. Or rung up on a pitch that's outside of the zone. I'm not even worried about it. I'm not even worried about it. I look at his batting average once in a while just to make sure that it's still really low. Not even worried about it. Not even worried about it. Not even worried about it. Bryce Ball. Bryce Ball is not Rule 5 eligible this offseason. He's not Rule 5 eligible this offseason. What that means is... Whenever the Cubs are doing whatever they're doing with all of the prospects, Bryce Ball will be invited. He will be one of the guys getting extensive coaching. I tell you, an idea I came up with, having roving coaches, roving off-season coaches. It's something that isn't done. It's not encouraged. It's not, no, why would you do something stupid like that? Well, in a day and age where we're kind of caught in between COVID and no COVID. That's the way I'm looking at it. We're, COVID is a definite concern. But if it's properly dealt with, you ought to be able to avoid it in most cases. Get a shot. Wear a mask when you're in a, in a situation where a mask might be appropriate. Heck, maybe if you're even out at the batting cage, wear a mask maybe. Probably shouldn't. 
probably be better off not doing it. But if you're going to be in a situation where you're probably better off doing it in this instance because there's going to be a whole bunch of people and you might be nearby something, maybe you wear a mask. But what I see is having enough coaches so that Bryce Ball every day or three days a week or whenever, whatever, however much. I don't know how you can hitting coach Skype. I don't know. Um, possibly you can hitting coach. Uh, you, you can pitch and coach Skype. Possibly you can pitch and coach Skype. Possibly you can hitting coach Skype. But what I think would be a fantastic idea with some of the players, test it out, try it out. Have them doing their, I, I, I don't know what their workout regimen's going to be. Um, I guess, what, three, four hours, five days a week, something like that. Three, four, five hours, days a week, uh, three, four, five hours, uh, Sometimes lifting, sometimes running, sometimes... Doing, but, you know, if if you're trying to get to the point where you're going to be a major leaguer, you ought to be doing the things that would be necessary to get you to the major leagues. And on the other side, the Cubs ought to have people watching in a fashion such that it will be useful for the player and for the team for gathering information. Bryce Ball. The Cubs don't have nearly enough information on Bryce Ball. They don't have enough, nearly enough information on... Ant Alexander Canario, or a whole bunch of the players they just added. The pitchers, some of them are really struggling to figure out how to... I was used to the catchers in the other organization. I knew the coaches in the other organization. These guys, I have no idea who they are. I haven't built up that trust factor. Yes, I know they're trying to get me to do well because it makes the team and the organization and their career better. But I just have no idea. Roving coaches, I don't know how it would work. But I think somehow there's something there. Make it make sense. But no, uh, Bryce Ball. Whether, there's a possibility he is a left-handed designated hitter in the future. DH is coming, like it or not. Bryce Ball has the opportunity if he figures out, especially the power. He knows the strike zone. He knows the strike zone. And he's not going to expand the strike zone very much. Yeah, he's six foot six, so he's got a strike zone to monitor. But he's not expanding the strike zone. He's not swinging at dirt balls. If the pitch is outside, he's taking it. He has a good command, a good grasp of the zone. If the power develops, he has a legitimate chance of being a legitimate player. And... If the power doesn't develop, if his inability to effectively play first base uh, hinders his career, etc., 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 maybe he trades, maybe completely washes out. And the Cubs ended up getting nothing for Jack Peterson, who was brought around to be traded anyway. My third favorite trade, well, the third trade that I listed, it's my favorite trade of July was the one with the New York Mets. The New York Mets were a team that I became 
familiar with. I became familiar with because I bit on a tweet in June. There's a tweet in June saying that the Cubs were seriously looking into New York Mets prospects. They were scouting the St. Lucie Mets. The Cubs were scouting the St. Lucie Mets. And you know what? St. Lucie Mets often start their games before any of the Cubs affiliates start their games. St. Lucie Mets a lot of times start at 5.30. Sometimes they'll even start at 5. So if you get a game starting at 5 or 5.30, I started to refer to the St. Lucie Mets as the Cubs' fifth minor league affiliate because I figured, hey, the Cubs are developing players here. They're just going to pluck somebody out of the St. Lucie Mets for the whichever trade it is they're going to do. I figured they're going to make a trade. So I started following the St. Lucie Mets, specifically listening for Alexander Ramirez, a right fielder, center fielder, kind of along the lines of uh, what a lot of the Cubs outfielders are now. Um, you know, big, tall dudes that can run and play right field and play center field and da 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 and I was interested. Alexander Ramirez often played, uh, often hit fourth, played center, played right. The leadoff batter for the St. Lucie Mets was quite often Jalen Palmer. Sometimes shortstop, sometimes second base, sometimes center fielder. Any of the three usually leaned toward shortstop, but then he played center field a bunch too. So um, I started listening to those games as if those two players were potential Cubs. You know, just kind of like maybe uh, I'm listening, like I might listen to a college game when I have some uh, scuttlebutt that the Cubs have been actively researching one of the players on one of the teams involved in the games. Listening to it, it's like, hey, there's a reason to be paying attention to this game. I am intrigued by this game. I'm fascinated by this game. How are these players doing? Do I want the Cubs to select either of these players? And by the time the July deadline started to roll around, I'd listened to a whole bunch of St. Lucie Mets games. And I was quite fascinated, quite intrigued by Jalen Palmer and Alexander Ramirez, either of whom, either of whom. I, I, I started... I started July thinking that either there were three names. Robert Dominguez was the third name. He was still on the New York Mets compound. Hint, hint, St. Lucie Mets. Um, Right-handed pitcher. I don't know how he's done since. I should probably look into that at some point. I will on into the future because they're all uh, small C Chicago Cubs to me. Um, I was thinking... For Javier Baez, two of Jalen Palmer, Alexander Ramirez, and uh, Robert Dominguez would make perfect sense. Two of those three, you know, just no thought. Which two? You okay? We'll do that. Either way, fine, no problem. Easy, easy peasy. As the deadline approached, Francisco Lindor became injured, and the Mets pitching became. Um, more unsightly, and it became a bit more obvious to me that the Cubs were possibly going to make a trade with the Mets, but possibly two of 
Dominguez, Ramirez, and Palmer wasn't enough. The Cubs were probably going to demand more. And I didn't think that the Mets were going to be willing to let go of pitcher JT Ginn. But I, I knew something was being discussed. I didn't know what it was going to end up being. On the day of the deadline, when I saw it flashing across the screen, Cubs trade Baez to Mets. That was my time. That became my time. I was aware of the Mets prospects. Not not the guys in the one, two, three, four range. Not the guys in the one, two, three, four range. Those guys were well beyond what the Cubs were going to receive. But anything beyond that, again, Pete Crow Armstrong, Jalen Palmer, Alexander Ramirez, the guys in that range, I was completely ready. Bring it on. Bring me the news so I can figure out who it's going to be. When it was Pete Crow Armstrong, I was absolutely over the moon. I had underestimated Armstrong pre-draft. And I was ecstatic to get him, especially when you consider it was for two and a half months of Javier Baez. It wasn't that. Yay, the Cubs traded Javier Baez and he's out of Chicago. No, it wasn't that. The plan was, my over-under had been, I mentioned this in the article, I mentioned it in the podcast plenty of times. My expectation my over-under for Cubs players traded was 7.5. And people were saying, you're insane. It's crazy. There's no way they're going to trade all three of this, uh, of Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant. There's no way they're going to trade all of it. And then they'd have to trade, and then they'd have to trade, and then they'd have... I said, no, 7.5. I was wrong. It was 9. I should have had it higher. Since the Cubs traded Everything that wasn't nailed down. Since they did that, it's fun to ask, which was your favorite trade? I understand there are a lot of people who are incensed, livid, pissed off over the Cubs, canceling this, canceling that, reorganizing their social calendars for the rest of the year. (coughs) I get it. I understand why. I'm not going to argue it. Makes sense. But for me, Pete Crow Armstrong, the Cubs have him for basically until 2030. The Cubs basically have Pete Crow Armstrong for until 2030. They have a whole bunch of, pretty much all the guys they got in the trades, they have them until 2030. They have them until 2030. There might be a guy here or there, you know, Nick Madrigal's not until 2030. Cody Hoyer's not until 2030. Some of the guys might might not be around that long. Bryce Ball probably won't be a Cub until 2030. But I, I had fun asking, which was your favorite trade? Which was your favorite Cubs trade of the deadline? There's plenty of good answers. And uh, somebody was mentioning, should include the Andrew Schaefer trade. It's like, hmm? 
valid point. I just don't like having 74 different uh, headers in a poll. Um, so yeah, look up the Kevin Goldstein Q&A. Look up my article on Bleed Cubby Blue. And think. Think for yourself. Don't don't make me don't have me be your thoughts for you. You think for yourself. Come up with your own thoughts. And when you have pushback, ask them. But when Kevin Goldstein comes on to ask to answer questions, or whoever may, may step aside from baseball for a second, whoever it is in the field that you're interested in, says, hey, I'm willing to answer some questions for the next 45 minutes. If they're in a field you're interested in, ask them a damn question. Ask them a damn question. Take your time. Organize it properly. Have it be a question that can actually be answered. And learn some stuff, I I didn't know until today that really the draft that gets asked last. Everything else gets fired through. Discuss this. Discuss that. Get this taken care of. Get that taken care of. Okay, we're about done with everything. Okay, now let's talk about the draft. Okay, well, 20 minutes later, we're, we're going to sign this thing. I didn't know that's how it was. Why do I know that now? Because I asked a question of a person who actually knows what's going on. When you have the opportunity to ask a question of a very intelligent person who knows what's going on, take full advantage. And by the way, which was your favorite Cubs trade in July of 2021? Thanks for stopping by. Have a great day. Be safe. Be nice to others. And who you got in the Cubs Rockies game tonight?